Welcome to the Uplift Effect podcast. My name is Jill and I'm the host of this podcast. I am so glad you are here today and I'm glad to be here too. Today, we are going to discuss a topic that, unfortunately, a good number of us have experienced, are experiencing, about to experience. I mean, it's just unfortunate and it breaks my heart uh, to really need to discuss this topic. Today, we are talking about your divorce and your children and two really important things that I think every parent would do themselves and their children a favor by keeping in mind. So if you are about to be divorced, if you think that that is coming on the horizon, if you are in the process of a divorce, or you are just on the tail end finalizing your divorce, and you're trying to get regrouped, this podcast here today is for you. Okay, so I want to say just out the gate, I come to this conversation today, this episode about divorce from two sides. First, as I mentioned in the opening, I'm a grief and trauma therapist, and I have specialized in childhood trauma, which of course affects the entire family. So I work with families and children. Uh, Children are not always um, in the counseling setting because of the divorce, but that ends up still being a part of their story. And it's something that is still something we have to interact with. I also come to this conversation having been divorced now for almost 14 years, which I had to actually like count that out before I hit record. And I am kind of in shock. I cannot believe it has been that long. I have four children. My three younger children really do not remember me being married. It's all they've ever known. My oldest does remember some of that. And so, um, you know, his experience is a little bit different than my younger ones. But I want to talk to you about two things that I usually say when I'm asked about a family going through divorce. I'm usually approached by a parent, one or the other of a parent, and I'm told that they're in the process of going through a divorce, and and they will usually say something like, you know, do you have any words of advice? Like, how do I help my kids go through this and get through this? So here's the number one thing that I want to start with. Your divorce and how you experience it is very, very different than the experience that your child is having. Notice that I have said your divorce and your kids. It's your divorce. It's not your children's divorce. The the children are yours, but it's not their divorce. It's your divorce. And your experience and their experience are not the same. It is easy to assume that our child's experience is fairly similar to our experience, and there could be nothing farther from the truth. When I was getting a divorce, my husband and I, two adults that were not otherwise related, were getting divorced. My children were losing their parents and their home as they knew it. Their family was breaking up. Home base was no longer home base. 
They had two different households. And in our case, there was a relocation out of state. They predominantly lived with me and they visited with their father. Very, very different dynamic than what they were used to. We have to remember that for a variety of reasons, and I want to discuss a few of those, their experience is not the same. Therefore, their emotions about that are not going to be what we would expect because we're seeing it from our perspective. We have to keep in mind and we have to be willing and able to put our shoes on the other foot, so to speak, and to get on the other side of this and to see it from their perspective. I have parents tell me that their children have known the divorce was coming and therefore they felt their child would be fairly prepared for the divorce because maybe divorce had been discussed. Maybe the separation had been discussed. Maybe the separation had already happened and the children were already kind of being juggled between two families. Maybe they heard a lot of fighting in the home and the parents were making an assumption that the child understood from that that divorce was on the horizon. I've even known children who have told their parents that they wanted their parents to get divorced because the fighting was so bad and they simply wanted the fighting to stop. So parents, you know, rightfully so in some of those situations could have easily felt like, well, they wanted the divorce to happen. They were somewhat prepared. We've been separated. We've been living in separate houses. They said that it was better once we were in different houses. They said they wanted us to get divorced. So why then when we're actually divorcing or having just got divorced, is there such a huge uproar about it? Or why is their behavior so now reactive when it seemed like they kind of wanted this? From a child's perspective, I will tell you that I have worked with children who admitted to me that, yes, they did say that they wanted their parents to get divorced. And really, at the end of it, that conversation, what really came out of it was this. They just wanted the fighting to stop. The goal was never really that they wanted their family to break up and separate. They were holding out hope that their parents were going to work it out. The goal was that they would reconcile, that they would figure out a way to work together and that their family would come back together again. Divorce was just What everybody was mentioning, it's what all their friends have had happen. Maybe they felt like they, that was the only thing that they really could say because the parent would be rejecting of any other idea other than the divorce and they didn't feel the freedom to really say anything else, but they were devastated because it was actually happening. They didn't want their family to separate They wanted their parents to work it out. That's really what they wanted. They just wanted the fighting to stop. They really didn't want to lose their mom and dad all together in the same home. And so there is a grieving process that happens 
And this is where parents start to really struggle because they don't understand. Like, wait a minute, this has been talked about for like over six months. Now it's actually happened. And my child is really, really reactive. Maybe things are happening in school. Maybe they're lashing out. Maybe they're very angry. Maybe their grades are just plummeting. Maybe they are saying some things that are just cruel to me. Like, where is this all coming from? Often what's happening is the reality of what they were hoping would never happen is actually sinking in. It's happening. And they're not happy about it because it's not really what they wanted. Despite what they told you, it's not what they wanted. And so I think we have got to give credit to this dynamic that is very often a part of the situation that your children are experiencing. And they're trying to get used to a very different dynamic Oh, I'm now having to live in two different households. I have parents that have two different sets of rules. I have two different rooms. I've got some of my stuff at mom's, some of my stuff at dad's. I'm flip-flopping back and forth. The reality of that is actually really, really difficult. And they may not have been as prepared as you would have thought that they were going to be. The other thing is that I think along the same lines with this um, concept of our experience is very, very different from our children's experience. As adults, we saw this coming in a way that children did not. I have seen in many, many families that it actually was not discussed at all. And then all of the sudden it was brought onto the kids. I mean, I'm not judging one or the other as being better or worse, but it is going to have some backlash when there has never been a discussion of divorce and then all of a sudden there's a divorce. We have to remember that we may have been thinking about this for six months. It may have been in conversation for six months, but the child's just now hearing about it. Therefore, they're going to have a reaction to it and it's probably not going to be a pleasant one. So in many, many ways, this dynamic of your experience through divorce and your child's experience are not the same. Excuse my dog, because I don't know why she feels like she needs to run around the minute I hit record. The other thing is, you may feel as the adult some sense of relief when a divorce is finalized, like, whew, that has been six months, a year, however long it has been of some really, really awful times. It may have been years of a awful marriage and you feel a tremendous sense of relief. Do you think your child feels that? No. Most of the time, the child does not feel a sense of relief to to the extent that you would or that you would think that they might. They might be thankful that the fighting isn't the same, but guess what's replaced? There may not be the fighting in the home the way they were used to, but now they have mom and dad very commonly arguing still with each other over a phone or text or whatever, and they have one parent bashing the other parent, the other parents bashing the other the other parent, and so they're still in the midst of the fighting. There's no relief for the child here. 
But uh, many, many parents will say that they feel relieved once the divorce is over and they don't understand why their child is now having a really, really negative, big reaction. Like, why are they not feeling a sense of relief? Well, because their experience in a divorce is different than yours. They, they are not divorcing another adult. They're losing their family unit and they're breaking up. The second thing that I want to address is what to do. Unfortunately, some families choose to do this in the process of a divorce, which I would never recommend. But what do you do after a divorce and as it pertains to another relationship? So back to point number one, your child's experience is not the same as your experience. The other component to that then is, is that your child is going to need longer to get through some of these emotions in this new situation. They're going to need longer than what you would guess or suspect that they need. It's also going to be longer than what you are going to probably want for yourself. And this is an area here that I feel really passionate about. And I feel like parents really, really need to turn in towards their children. And they really need to be very sensitive to their child's experience here. Because this is not something that they um, created. They have no control. And they're just having to accept it and deal with it. And parents, you would do yourself a favor in your relationship with your children if you would give yourself a pause on other relationships, other intimate relationships and dating again and really turn in towards your children and meet their needs that they're having and walk with them through this process that they're having to navigate and you're navigating as well. And do that and allow time. At this point, time is your friend. It is your child's friend. It's your friend. And there is still a lot of dust that has to settle. And I see children struggling with this aspect right here more than anything. Because for some reason, adults very, very quickly start getting themselves into another relationship. And I would beg to offer a position that says the adults are not ready and for sure the children are not either. Unless you have really, really done a lot of homework, you are going to carry over some of the very same mistakes that you made. The same dynamics you had in your marriage are going to be the very same things you end up repeating in a relationship. But you need time to get through some of that homework. I really think that you need roughly a year before I would suggest investing in another relationship. Those first relationships, I can tell you from personal experience, I can also tell you from other people, other adults that have talked with me, whether it's been a year or two years or four months, that first relationship is really hard. And I didn't have one for some time. It's still really hard. I think that your best bet is to have done a lot of self-work before you are ready, but your child isn't ready. And here's one of the things that I, again, trying to take this and, and view this from the child's perspective. 
they are trying to navigate the relationships with mom and dad and a new dynamic with mom and dad. When you bring, if you are the mother and you bring a boyfriend now into this uh, situation, another significant other, there is an allegiance to that other parent that your child is now trying to figure out. Like, how does that work? Am I allowed to like this other person? Because does it say that that my feelings for my other parent, my allegiance to them isn't there? Like, that's awkward and I don't really know what to do with it. Like, can I like this new person? Or am I not allowed to like this new person because my other parent is not in support of it? And therefore, they've got some really negative things to say. And so now, like, am I disobeying the other parent? Or, you know, there's this allegiance issue to the other parent that really becomes very complicated. And these poor children are trying to navigate this at 5, 6, 7, 10, 14. I mean, it's just really, really complicated to navigate a divorce at this age, let alone new relationships that come in and they're trying to figure out, can I like this person or not? Here's the other thing. They might not actually like the person. They just might not like them. They might not like the idea of them. They might not be ready, which is a big one. And they're going to reject any component of this to insist you are going to like this person. And I expect your behavior to reflect that you like it and that you're okay with it and that you are going to be behaving in such a manner. I think that creates a wedge between you and your child that most of the time is very, very difficult to repair, if ever. And I have seen it happen so many times and it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Very rarely do I see that come around and work out. I'm not saying that it doesn't, but it doesn't happen easily. And it happens through a lot of blood, sweat, and tears if it does work. I think that we would do ourselves and our children a favor by allowing there to be way more time than we think necessary. And I know your argument, because I've been there, You've had your needs unmet for a very long time. You want to have that adult companionship. You have been missing that. You have been looking forward to that. I understand all those things. I get it. But this isn't a time where you can put your needs above your children. Your children need you and deserve to be considered in this situation. And I really do think that we need to put a high priority on what our children need. They need parents to step up to the plate and to put them at the center of this equation because they are, this is happening to them and they have no control and they need like, can you just give them a minute? Can you give them a little bit of time to navigate this? And if you will, if you will really turn in towards your children and help meet their needs in this process and walk with them through the, all of the changes that are happening and give it some time, what I have experienced and what I have seen happen with other families who have waited it out a little bit is that the children are then better prepared 
and they're usually fairly accepting of another new relationship in their life because by the way, it's happening to them. Now, personally, I will tell you, I waited quite some time over the years of the 14 years. I have dated a lot of different people, um, but most of them, my children have never met. Um, I, I waited quite some time before I would introduce, and sometimes I waited a long time before I introduced, if ever, these people to my children. A lot of times my, they never met my kids because it turns out that there was no reason. Uh, for them to meet. And I didn't want my kids to feel like this house was a revolving door. I did not bring uh, dates to the house and I definitely did not have a revolving door. So I didn't want them to uh, feel insecure or um, awkward about the fact that they had to put on a show or act a certain way or any of those things. And so I met people for lunch. I met people for coffee and I dated them for a while. And that way, um, then maybe I would do some evening things. It would just kind of depend on the situation. But, um, I was very, very strategic and very intentional on how I did that. And I think that was something that has paid off. Because I will tell you, one of the things that I did experience, um, uh, you know, eventually there came a time where there was a relationship. I did bring my children into um, the relationship because it had lasted for a period of time. And I felt like that it just was that time. And and uh, that relationship did not work out eventually. And I will tell you that my children went through um, an experience that was so very unfortunate. They felt rejected. And that it was, it was just heartbreaking. Not only did I feel rejected, but my children felt rejection when that relationship did not work out. I had my children tell me that they felt like this guy, this person was rejecting not only me, but them. And I mean, like there was nothing as a parent that was so hard. I was like, I don't know if I'll date again ever. And I waited a long time because that was gut-wrenching to see my children crying as if somebody had broken up with them. Parents, this is not just happening to you. It is happening to them. They are experiencing this alongside of you from a different perspective, and it's happening to them. They're not in the place of making decisions. Keep in mind these two things that I've just talked about. I really think it would serve you well to consider them and really, really um, take some time to play out in your mind and, and, and walk through some scenarios and think this out before you make some moves because the children have a lot to suffer. And we have to remember that their experience is not ours and they don't understand it the way we understand it. We have an adult brain that processes information differently. And while our children, we may think understand it because they're 14, 15, 16, I can show you on an MRI why they don't think it the same way you do because they don't have a frontal lobe that is functioning the way yours does. They don't see it from the same perspective. They also, they see it from the perspective of a, a preteen, a teen, a child. They're not an adult. And they are not going to respond the way you might would hope that they would. Give it some time. Time is your friend. 
I hope this was helpful for you today. I know that in some situations, this may have stepped on your toes a little bit, and I'm okay with that. I'm sharing this with you from some hard lessons learned on my side, as well as having navigated this with some families. And the children have a lot of suffering and a lot of grieving that they go through. And we've got to be patient with that. We've got to be understanding of that because that grief that they are experiencing is very, very difficult. And it's going to last longer than you think. I think the best thing we could do is to keep these things in the forefront of our mind and to be very slow in making some decisions and very strategic and very intentional and really, really lean in towards our children and during these times because they need us now more than ever. Thank you for listening to the Uplift Effect podcast. I hope you have found this to be helpful. If you have, please share it with a friend. You are welcome to, to post it to your social media. I think it is so timely and so needed because families are walking through this right now. I know it. I see it. I hear it. You know it. You're experiencing it. Your friends are experiencing it. Please share this with your friends, your family, and those that you know uh, that could use this message today. Thank you for listening to The Uplift Effect. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and I look forward to talking to you very, very soon. Also, do not forget, in the show notes, I have got a link for you. If you are still interested in having access to the Chaos to Calm Parenting Academy, all that information is there. It's what I, the masterclass series I released in 2021. That's there, and soon to come is a very small, reprised Parenting Academy I talked about it last episode, so go listen to last week's episode, and that academy is coming in uh, February, so be watching for that. I will have all my links and ways to contact me in the show notes. Do not forget to go to the show notes for all of those links. Thank you, and have a great day. Bye-bye.